Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today, uh, we're going to continue on in a series called Minecraft. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but May is actually the month of mental awareness, uh, which is great, and I'm glad that we're talking about this. In particular, our conversation over the last couple weeks has been about this idea that the Bible introduces, and it's this idea that we can renew our minds. And so uh, today I'm going to jump in, uh, and I believe that God is going to help us to think differently, to help us to uh, renew our minds, and as a result of that, change our lives. And so let's go to the Bible. Uh, If you have a Bible, this has been our key scripture throughout this series. It's Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It'll come up on the screen, uh, but if you're following along, it's, uh, uh, it's one that I would recommend highlighting. Romans 12, verse 2, it says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I also want to take us to another chapter of Romans, written by the same person, Paul, Romans chapter 8. And as you go there, uh, I want to take a moment and just say, uh, Romans 8, whether you are new to church uh, or you've been on this journey for a while, Romans 8 is a magnificent piece of scripture. And I would highly encourage you, uh, as we talk about renewing our minds, if you're looking for a bit of the Bible to read, Romans 8 is a great, wonderful place just to allow those thoughts to um, percolate, that's a good word, in your mind, okay, and just keep chewing on it because there's such incredible things. I'm going to take just a few verses here, starting in verse 5. Romans 8, verse 5, it says this, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To focus our minds on the human nature leads to death, but to focus our minds on the Spirit leads to life and peace. Anyone want life and peace? Anyone want to experience that in their lives? Come on, I believe that you could experience life and peace, and maybe you haven't experienced that recently. You know God's good enough that He could do that in this moment, in this time, and you could leave this place today experiencing a new peace. I think that's great, and I, and I think that you should maybe get a little bit excited about that. Okay. All right, guys, this is good. Today, I, I want to simply speak to you from this title, uh, Follow the Leader. You remember that game, Follow the Leader? You ever play that as a kid? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you're so young that you, you never played that game because it's not on the iPad. Or, but uh, back in the old days, uh, we used to play Follow the Leader. And it simply uh, went this way. Uh, whatever the person in charge did, you followed suit. You did exactly the same. And I believe that there's a truth, even in that simple game, that simple concept that God wants to teach us through this morning. So let me pray, and uh, we'll spend the next few moments just going to the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for your grace this morning. 
morning. God, I'm excited to be in your presence. I'm excited to hear from your word. And and God, where my words fall short, thank you that you're speaking to every heart, here, online, wherever, even if it's a replay of the message, God, you're speaking directly to hearts right now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a leader that really shouldn't have been a leader? Uh, don't, don't point to them if they're in the room. Um, if, if you're online, don't drop their email. Um, but if you've ever been around a leader that shouldn't be a leader, uh, you'll know. It's dysfunctional. It's not fun. It's not a great place to be. And um, recently, uh, uh, my family, I have three children. My youngest is um, a little guy. His name is Henry, and he is six years old. And uh, I just need to tell you this for a moment. Um, we, we signed him up to play flag football. And this is his first time in organized sports. And um, you need to know something about Henry is that Henry, um, let me give you an idea. If you took like a golden retriever, turn him into a human being, that's Henry, okay? He just loves everybody. Uh, he's just happy to be there. He will show you great affection and eats a very slim diet, okay? That's, that's, that's Henry all over. And um, we signed him up to play in a flag football league. And as we did, my wife, Bethany, leans over to me. And she goes, you know what would be great is if, um, if you actually became the assistant coach. Let me ask you the question. You ever met a leader that shouldn't be a leader? Because I don't know a whole, de- a whole, uh, a whole uh, amount about uh, football when it comes to the NFL, okay? Because I know a lot about soccer. You can ask me anything you want about that. However, when it comes to football, I'm a passionate fan. Uh, you don't need to know a great deal about me, but I am exceptionally competitive. I love to be competitive. And so when Bethany suggested that I might become a coach on Henry's team, um, I considered this to be a bad idea. And uh, let me give you an example. Friday. Friday we had uh, games, and um, Henry is out there, and he is in all his gear, flags, helmet, mouth guard, safety first. And then uh, he gets down into the ready position. Here's Henry. Henry is standing in the ready position. The ball gets hiked, and Henry is in the ready position. (laughs) And someone runs clean past Henry, scores a touchdown. Henry is in the ready position. So so from the sidelines, I'm like, Henry! He turns around, he goes, (laughs) blows me a kiss. I'm like, focus! I know that if I had become the assistant coach of Henry's team, that uh, I would have done some things that probably went a little destructive to Henry's poor little personality. And so I know that I'm supposed to be on the sidelines, had a little chat with my older son, and we agreed that we're just going to support Henry in all of his endeavors. He might not make it to the NFL, but he's going to love being wherever he is. And so, but that's the story of Henry. I've noticed that leadership's really important. And particularly, leadership comes at a premium when times are tough, when times are difficult. If you look through the history of this nation or even the world, the greatest leaders have often been forged in the fires of challenge and difficulty and and trials. Now, I'm not going to belabor the last year, but I do think it's worth noting that this last year checks some of the boxes. There has been an unusually uh, difficult time It's been unsettling for many. Uh, And in the process of this, I've noticed that there have been three leaders in my life that have wanted to lead. 
let me say, not all of them are suited to leadership. And these three leaders are my spirit, my soul, and my body. You might have them too. Okay, this is a, this, you do have them, okay? This is, some of you, I'm not sure, I don't know. I, I definitely have a body, but I'm not sure about the others. No, no, you have a spirit, soul, and body, I'm convinced of this, and really, I, 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 I think it kind of is a portrait of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an indication of who we were created by and where we come from. But the spirit, the soul, and the body, they all operate in different ways. Can I take just two minutes and just kind of teach you for a moment about the spirit, the soul, and the body? What they do is they create awareness. So your body may makes you aware of the world. You've been given five senses, and if I felt confident, I would name them right now, but I don't, so, uh, okay, let's go for it. Sight, this is a dangerous thing. Sight, hearing, smell, touch, and, and the last one, which I taste and see that the Lord is good. That is so good. Um, and so, yeah, you've been given these senses that make you aware of the world. What I noticed over the last year is that there is this uh, leadership strives to bring peace and life. And that's what we see in this Romans 8. And my body tried to produce life and order out of a time of chaos. That's, and the way that we did that was by making cookies. Did anyone else over the last year suddenly find that there was a desire inside of them to make food? to eat food and to be led by your body. I don't know about you, but I know a ton of people that decided, you know what, this is the year I'm going to make bread. I am going to, I live in California, we, we eat kale, forget it. Not this year, we're going to make bread and we're going to eat carbs and this is what we're going to do and then we're going to eat and then we're going to have cookies. And, and it's amazing how your body led you into this like, well, it will tell you, look, if you eat some cookies, you're going to feel, you're going to feel better. It's not true. Maybe you were the other end of the extreme with your body. And it was like, okay, you know what? Everything's chaos. Let's bring some order. Go for a run. And you decide, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go do this thing. And your body's telling you, look, try to make sense out of this. This is a leader that shouldn't be leading. Okay? Then there's your soul. Your soul makes you aware, not of the world around you, but of you. So when someone says, how are you doing? That's where you would just check in with your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Gives you a big understanding of, okay, I'm not doing good, you know, or I'm doing great. And, and, and so I knew that when my soul was leading, it was, I was being led by my emotions. And I found great comfort in watching movies that made me cry. I don't know why, I just was like, oh, I feel so good. There's a release, something's right, this, this is right. But it didn't last. I found like there was something inside of me that I wanted to be nostalgic. I wanted to go watch shows I watched when I was a kid. I want to go home. I'm so done with this. Let me go home. And I just felt like there was something, my feelings were driving me through all of this in an attempt to find peace. But can I tell you, the only thing that really is suited that will lead you into a place of peace is your spirit. And it's a spirit that has allowed God's spirit to become the Lord and life, uh, Lord and Savior of your life. You see, because actually, once you give your life to Jesus, you surrender, you recognize that actually in your own space and in your own life, you don't have enough to become perfect. That's when you say, I need a Savior. And when you do that, when you confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior, the Bible says something happens. You become brand new. You don't get, you don't get upgraded. It's not that you suddenly become better no, no, actually what happens is you become brand new in your spirit. That's why, we say, that's why we sometimes call that being born again. However, 
when you're born again, you'll notice that your mind actually didn't become brand new. You can still remember stuff after you get saved. That's a good thing, I think, right? Your body wasn't suddenly switched out for a greater, better model. If you walked in this morning and you were five foot five and you get saved, you'll walk out five foot five, friend. There is nothing that's changing. That's going to come in the future when we all get a glorified body and six packs are being handed out to everybody. Okay? Praise the Lord. But it's not today. So if you had an expectation of that, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. But there will be a moment at the end of this service when I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you say, look, my spirit is not new. There's going to be an opportunity for you to surrender to God and you can become brand new in your spirit. But then listen to this term that we've been using, renewing the mind. You see, your mind isn't made new, but it has to be renewed. That's something that we have to participate in. It's something that we actively partner with God to renew our minds. And so when we talk about this idea of renewing our mind, there's a reason we do that. Because this thing that we have, this soul, in the Old Testament, particularly, you'll, you'll read it as the word heart. And in the New Testament, oftentimes it's soul. But heart and soul, it's the center of who we are. And you'll notice that actually, it can drift. Your mind, your will, your emotions can drift like a boat. And as a result, the, the author of Hebrews says, actually, you need an anchor for your soul. If you don't tether it to something... Actually, what's going to happen is, Romans 12, you're going to start to conform to the world. That's how this works. So what is it that we're going to follow? Are we going to follow the ways of the world or are we going to follow something different? You see, we need a leader that's able to handle our dysfunctions, who's able to be enough. As we started to sing that song, Jaira, come on, God is enough. Is he really enough? Do you really believe it? Because this is what renewing the mind is all about. What you believe, what you think in your mind comes out of your life. So if you really believe that God is enough, you will live absolutely satisfied. You will live content because you know that God's got it. And this is where we need to renew our minds. Romans 8, let me just go back to this one scripture again because I think it's so powerful. Romans 8 verses 5 and 6, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So verse 6, to focus our minds on the human nature leads to death. But to focus our minds on the Spirit leads to life and peace. I think it's a really interesting choice of words where it says that we can set our minds on something. When you start to actually think about what it means to have a mindset. Because we all have them. And the word set Actually, I just looked it up. It says this. Uh, one of the definitions of set is to establish as an example for others to follow. So what the scripture is saying, look, there's, uh, when you allow the flesh to be the example for your life, that's how your mind will think. But if you allow the spirit, which has been made new in Christ, brand new, and you have access to the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that Holy Spirit, now when you set your mind on the things of the spirit, you can live according to the spirit. Spirit, which is life and peace. The other opportunity, the other decision leads you to death. And so what we see is there's a way to set your mind. 
This word in its original language, phreneo, it, it, it means to direct your attention to something, to select what you want to think about. That's an interesting idea. Have you ever thought that, ah, oh, I don't know where my thoughts come from. They just, they just pop up in my mind and I don't know what to do. Actually, no. The Bible says that you are able to take captive your thoughts in obedience to Christ. That there is a grace and power available to you to actually direct your thoughts. You know, a, a pastor in, um, in, in Seattle, that, that Pastor Juden Becky's pastor, Pastor Wendell, used to say this. He said, um, life is simply a matter of perspective. The difference between the grouchy you and the faith-filled you is perspective. The difference between the unstable you and the consistent you is perspective. I think we give experiences a lot more credit than they deserve. It's amazing how some people can go through some of the most challenging, difficult experiences, yet still seemingly have a positive outlook on life. How is that possible? It's perspective. And that word's super interesting to me. You know, perspective is one of those things you get taught when, you, when you're first starting to draw. And you go to art class. And you're starting to learn this idea of perspective. What is perspective? Perspective is simply this. Perspective is putting things in the right order. So if you've got a house that's close to you, draw it nice and big on the paper. If it's far away, you draw it nice and little on the paper. That's what perspective is. Can I say that it's exactly the same thing when it comes to a mindset? Because we don't just draw perspective, we have perspectives. And when we have a perspective, what we do is sometimes we get the perspective off and we make things that are small, big. And we make things that are big, small. It's interesting how a year like the year we just had can alter our perspectives. I don't know what it's been like for you, but I certainly made some little things big. And certainly started to think on those things. And my perspective needed to be adjusted. There were definitely things that got out of proportion. And thank God for forgiveness and for grace and the ability to renew my mind. But I want to ask you the question, who takes the lead in your perspective? Who tells you what's big? Where do you get that thought process from? Because I know that there were moments where I listened to what people said. Things that people maybe said about me. And this may not be even limited to this last year, but let's just talk about life for a moment. Because if, unless, you're, unless you're different to me, I have an inner monologue that goes on almost all the time. And it questions me, and it brings up anxieties. It makes me feel insecure at times. And you start to have this inner monologue. Where did that come from? Did you have a teacher once tell you it would amount to nothing? Was it something a parent said? In a moment that they never even considered, but yet it stuck somehow? And you made something that should have been small, big? Maybe it's you just allowed something to play around in your head like a jingle, like a song, you just can't get it out. And you've been renewing your mind on it for years and years and years and you don't understand, hey, why, is, why am I not living in life and in peace? Because that thought that you have, it never was meant for you. It was never meant to be that big. You've got to tell it, hey, you don't belong here. Get into, the, get into the distance. Send them packing. But maybe there's some things that need to bring to the front. To the front. What is it that Jesus has said about you? When you start to focus on the things that Jesus has said about you, I tell you, you're going to start to experience, what does Romans 12 say? Transformation. 
because you're going to start to renew, make your mind new on the things that God has already made new in your life. And now you're going to start to experience a transformation process. You say, I don't know why I feel underconfident the whole time. I think I could give you a, a couple good pointers. Is it because of the things that you said internally? Is it the things that you've meditated upon? Because this is the thing. The message I preach today is not going to change your life. What? I, you know, it's, it's going to get really good in the next nine minutes. I promise you that. But he, I promise you, the message I preach won't change your life. But the message that you preach to yourself will absolutely change your life. And I'll take 25 minutes today to talk to you. But you'll take the rest of the week to talk to you. You'll take the rest of the week to talk to you. I promise you that. And it's amazing how many thoughts you have. But let me ask you the question, where's it coming from? Are you allowing human nature to become the leader of your life? Or are you allowing the Spirit of God to be the leader of your life? Because anytime you start to meditate on your own human nature, yourself, if you have believed the lie that, 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 that there is a truth inside of you you just need to discover, I'm sorry, but you're going to get to the end of that thought and it's going to produce death, just like the writer in Romans said. Because the way that we think, when we put ourselves at the center of everything, can I tell you what the punchline of all of those things? It's scarcity and shame. Yes. Let me give you, I believe it's Brené Brown even that talks about this inner monologue that we have. The message that you preach best, can I tell you what it is? Aside from Jesus, the message you preach best is you're not enough. And, it, and, and you've got so many applications. Can I just tell you, you can apply this message. You're so good at preaching it. It's unbelievable. You post a picture on Instagram, boom, three likes. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. You wake up in the morning. Did you get enough sleep? No, I'm tired because I didn't get enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough. And it goes on and on and on. This is the inner monologue that we have when we start preaching, which leads us to a place of shame. Yeah. You're not enough. You never will be. Why are you even trying? Stop trying. Stay in your lane. This is it for you. Can I tell you that's not what God has in store for you? That is just not the truth. And that's where we need to take those thoughts and say, you don't belong here. You need to go. But the thoughts that do belong here, now I'm interested. What does God say about me? Because anytime God wants to say something or do something, you know what he does? He speaks. And the word of God has power. The word of God actually has creative power. You want to spend your time in Genesis in January? You're going to see anytime God wanted to do something, he spoke. And it has a creative power. And when we come into agreement with the word of God, can I tell you, it has the same creative power in your life. And that's why we need the Word of God. We need the Word of God so we can know Him and know His ways and know His thoughts towards us. John chapter 8, you might recognize this passage of Scripture. It says this, it says, uh, Jesus said to the Jews who believed Him, interesting choice of word, believed, right? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's an interesting statement. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That word know, it's not a, a factual knowledge. If, if I asked you, what do you know about? You could tell me a whole bunch of stats. But the word here, know, in this, in this particular verse, it, it comes from a word, original language is gnosko. And it's, what it means is to have a personal relationship with. 
kind of, you know, that awkward moment when you're reading the Bible and it's like, and Adam knew Eve. I'm like, okay, yeah. It's not like he knew her shoe size, okay? It's like he knew her and they had a son, right? There's a personal, intimate connection, which is how God has set this up for all of us, that we would have a personal, intimate connection with him. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But the truth that you know will set you free. Oh, my goodness. If you know who Jesus is, and you know who he says you are, that's what we start to renew our minds in. When we start to agree with what he says about us. When we start to sing songs like Jaira. And it says, I am chosen. Oh my goodness, that's a truth that you can renew your mind with. That you're loved. Oh my word. That it doesn't matter what else happens. Your experiences are discounted at this point. Because actually who you are in your spirit. Which is the most real you ever. That's the you that's eternal. That's the you, that's the you that is completely perfect. Righteous. That's who you are. You see you're a spirit with a soul and a body. Sometimes we mix it up. And we live by our emotions. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you will experience life and peace. And the work or or the partnership that we do is agreeing with what God says about us. That, my friend, is called renewing the mind. And you can do it in a number of different ways. Can we get super practical with like three minutes left? Okay. One of the things that the Bible encourages us to do, and David does this always, is to meditate on the Word of God. Some of you are like, I knew this church was a cult. They're telling about meditation. No, no. There's a different kind. Christian meditation is different from Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation is about emptying yourself. Like empty yourself and all that malarkey, right? Christian meditation is about filling yourself. It's about filling yourself with the Word of God. It's, it's, It's filling and following It's following the leader who will never destroy you. It's following the leader who will bring you into life and peace and righteousness and joy. And that's the kingdom of God. And so when we allow that to become our meditation, okay, let me break it down. What does meditation mean? It means thinking on the same thing over and over. Another word for it is ruminating. You want to know the original meaning of ruminating? It's what cows do when they eat grass. They, they got like seven stomachs. I don't know. Whatever. It's disgusting, right? And they eat grass, which is disgusting. But what they do, it's going to get worse. They eat the grass. They swallow it. Then they barf it back up and they eat it again. And they do it through seven stomachs. You say, why are they doing that? They're just trying to get every bit of goodness out of that garbage. But now, what does that mean for us? It means you get the Word of God and you start to chew on it. And you start to go, okay, yep, barf it right back up into that head of yours. Come on. Because when you walk around your workplace, no one likes me here. No one likes me here. I don't even know if I'm going to stay. I don't even know if I can make my goals. I'm going to have no money. We're going to have to move. We're going to have to go to Texas, which is where all the Christians went, I guess. If you're watching online from Texas, we love you. <laughs> but we stay. And so, but, but it's amazing how you can allow this runaway loop just go in your mind. And you see, you know, you, that's where you have to make your mind new once again. Renew it. It's what we used to do in the old days. You take a card. 
write down a script. You find a scripture in a, in a Bible with pages. You wrote it down. You stuck it on your mirror. You know what's amazing? You don't have to charge that card. You don't have to copy and paste nothing. It's amazing how it'll stick right in your mind. You are, you're struggling with your identity? Write some verses about your, your identity. Stick it on your mirror. Declare it every morning. It's really simple stuff, but it will help you to renew your mind. You want to know why worship changes the atmosphere? Because what it does, it takes the problems that you have, and perspective makes them small, makes God big. In a moment, we're going to sing that gyra song again. I promise you're going to have a different experience than you did when we first sang it. Because you're going to see that the Word of God is so interlaced into that song that you'll, you'll start to believe it. You start to sing it over and over and over again. I tell you what, I've been re- you know, I, I know when I'm renewing my mind on the wrong stuff because it comes out of my mouth. I spent way too much in the last two weeks looking at Instagram reels. And I'm talking in memes. I'm walking around, I'm like, sheesh. You know, I'm like, what is the pro? When have I? I'm 41 years old. This is not the behavior of a grown man with a job and a, and a family of five. But why? Why does it come out? Because I renew my mind with it. You can renew your mind with a number of different things. You want to go watch English shows all day? You might actually end up speaking a little bit like me. And you're like, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> Pastor Jude kind of taught us on this last week, whatever you open yourself up to, that's who you're going to become. And so I want to encourage you, church, open yourself up to the Word of God. Allow it to change you from the inside out. And I'll tell you why this is important. Yes, it's important for you as an individual, and I'm pumped for you that you could experience something new. But you know what happens? A renewed mind transforms a life, and a transformed life can change a city. You see, we're a church. We're not just about here coming and and hearing the Word of God so we can feel better. That's not what this is about. No, no. When God wants to do something, He starts to transform lives. You want to know what revival is? A whole bunch of transformed lives. It's a whole bunch of lives agreeing with what God says about us and who we're to be and what the children of God should look like and how we should act and how it will be different to the world because we're not going to be conformed to the world. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So why? So that we can prove the perfect will of God. That's what we're here for, to experience that. And that's an amazing thing to be a part of. We're not just church attenders. We're experiencing the reality of God. And I love that. I'm going to invite the team to come back as we're just getting ready to to close here. But this is, I mentioned Romans 8. Romans 8 starts with the statement, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Fantastic. You could spend the rest of your life just meditating on that, ruminate on that gift. But then at the end of Romans 8, Paul makes this statement, and I love it. Listen to the language. He says, I am persuaded. You know what that term, that's a mind term. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities or powers, things that are present right now, or things that are going to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I tell you the amount of mind renewing that happened right there? I'm persuaded that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Are you kidding me? Pandemic can't separate me from the love of God. Broken relationship can't separate me from the love of God. A bad church experience 
can't separate me from the love of God. When we start to know what God says, who he is, we start to renew our minds in that truth, your life will be transformed. That's a promise. That's what the Bible says. So in a moment, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give anyone here, in the room, online, watching on a replay, however you're experiencing this right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment to make your, to, to, to get a new spirit. You say, what are you talking about? Well, the Bible says that if you, interesting, believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You believe that he died for your sin, rose again, and you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, then you will be saved. And you will have a new spirit. Can I tell you, there are a lot of miracles that are fun and exciting to experience, but there is none so great a miracle as to be dead in your spirit, to come alive in your spirit. It's truly a resurrection miracle. And actually, you know what the the fruit of that decision is? That you will experience eternity with Jesus. It's what we might call heaven. That's what it means to have your spirit renewed. And you don't have to wait any longer to experience that truth. You can be made new today. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I believe people are going to lift their hands And you're going to experience the newness of God. Brand new. Not just getting better. Brand new. But then we're going to start to pray. Because maybe you've experienced that too. You just need to renew your mind. Over the last year, maybe recently, just things got out of perspective. Small things became big. Big things became small. We're just going to renew our minds on that. And then finally we're going to sing. And we're going to worship what we're going to do is we're going to make God big. And you'll be shocked at how many scriptures are in this song. I just I can't get enough of it, quite frankly. And we'll teach you. You say, why, why do we have groups? Not because it's just cool to have groups and churches have them. So that we can get together. We can renew our minds. Yeah. I guarantee you there's some days you show up and you're like, I don't feel like it. Right. I just don't feel it. Right. Well, thank God someone else did. And I come in and maybe you stir me up. That's what the Bible says. I'll stir you up. And that's what it means to be in relationship in a community. It's not like you got nothing to do on Tuesday. Cool, me neither. Let's just hang out. That's cool. That's called a club. So it's a hobby. Let's talk about real stuff for a moment. We could change the world. Okay? We could change one. We could change our home. We could change our street. We could change Ventura with a whole bunch of transformed lives. We could change California. Friends, I believe that we're not the only church on the planet, but everyone's renewing their minds. We're all being transformed. How about we go and make disciples of all the nations? I don't know where I heard that, but it's an amazing thing to renew your mind on. Start thinking about it. See, because when you align your mind to what God has, it's destiny thinking. It's who God called you to be. That's why there's something inside you goes, I don't know why I like it, but I like it. I don't know why that verse means something to me, but it does. Meditate on it. Think on it. Chew on it. Sing it. Share it. Say it. That's what the practical of renewing your mind is. 
30 minutes on a Sunday. I hope I did something. But the other, however many hours there are in the rest of the week, someone knows that I don't preach the message. So according to the Spirit, live according to the Spirit. That's where you're going to experience life. We stand with me. As you stand, why don't you just close your eyes too? I think sometimes there's a moment where it's good just to eliminate the distractions. And I want to ask you the simple question today. Are you new in your spirit? Have you experienced the saving power of Jesus Christ? Have you experienced the life that's available to you? Because I think now, now is the perfect time. Now is the perfect time for you to allow Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of your life. I also want to encourage you, maybe you walked away for a moment. It's been a while since you've renewed your mind, but you were just what the Bible sometimes refers to as a somewhat a prodigal, someone that's walked back. Perhaps you've experienced church and you were involved at one point, but you know what? I just, I want to be made new. Just for one moment, just close your eyes. Even if you're at home and you're watching, just take a moment, just close your eyes, eliminate the distractions for one second. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to be made new in your spirit. Say, what, Tom, why, why do you want me to raise my hand? I want you to raise your hand because the second you do this, you'll leave this place and maybe tomorrow when you're renewing your mind, you'll have this voice that says, oh, you didn't, you didn't really experience anything. You didn't make a change. Can I tell you when you lift your hand, it's just an outward sign of something that's taking place internally. It's not the raising of your hand that suddenly signifies heaven and he sends a special new spirit down through your hand. That's not how this works. It's a simple, look, this is what's taking place inside of me right now. Jesus, I give you the Lord of my life. Uh, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. So let's do this. On the count of three, if you just want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to become brand new in your spirit. I just want you to lift your hand up. Just hold it up. And we're going to cheer and we're going to go crazy for you. Because there's nothing, nothing like getting right with God. So one, come on. Maybe just silence some of those other voices. Two, you know that this is the moment Jesus has been chasing you. This is the culmination moment. God has been on your case. Come on, three, lift your hand if you want to be saved today. You want to, come on, hand over here, hand, hand, let's go. Come on, church, let's get excited about this. This is amazing. Come on, hands, hands, hands over here. Come on, I see you. Yes. It's amazing. Now let's just do what the Bible says. The Bible simply says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, so let me lead you in a prayer. And church, if you want to join me, feel free to do so. Simply repeat this. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin and give me a new life. I thank you for being my Savior. And I thank you in this moment for a newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, remember Romans 8? It says, therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know what you just did? You're now in Christ. You're led by the Spirit. 
and you're going to experience a newness. But let me give you some, some, some real practical things. Before you leave today, if you're not involved in a group, get involved in one. Not because I'm trying to beef up our groups, but because you need other Christians around you. Final call, and then we're going to worship. And I tell you, you're going to look at the words on the screen. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. I want you to think about them. Say them. Declare them. Love them. But finally, I would be missing an opportunity if I was to leave right now. I want to pray for you. You say, you know what? Over the last year, my perspective has got off. I'm saved. I'm thankful Jesus is my Savior. I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. But I want to win the war every day. I want to win the battle in my mind every day. I know that God's got more for me. Come on, if you just say, look, I just need a new perspective. I just want to renew my mind. Can you just lift your hand wherever you are? Come on, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Come on, that's right. I see hands going up all over the place. God, I thank you for these hands that just say, God, we need you more. God, we need your grace. Thank you for renewing our minds in this moment right now. God, allowing us to focus in on you and your goodness and who you are in this moment to us. God, we put aside wrong thinking. God, we put aside wrong perspectives. And God, we ask that you would come now and you would inhabit the praises of your people. Come on. We We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com and click give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.